An accident is when you break a glass or crash your car. So what do you call ending the universe? Tales of the Void presents Biff of the Apocalypse. Devin's phone buzzed loudly in his pocket. Hey, Biff. Hey, Devin. How's it going? What do you want, Biff? Devin said quickly. What? Like I can't call his friend to chat? Devin rolled his eyes. Biff, in all the time I've known you, we've never just chatted. Now tell me what you want before I hang up. All right, fine. Biff hesitated before he spoke. So, he said at last, You know how Janine has been bugging me about getting out of the house more? I think I recall you mentioning that, sure. Well, I found something. When Biff didn't continue, Devin egged him on. Nice, man. What'd you find? Once again, Biff held back. It's kind of embarrassing. Is it penis stuck in a shampoo bottle so you have to call your dad for help? Embarrassing? Aw, man. Biff groaned. Why'd you have to bring that up? Because that is the single most embarrassing thing a human has ever done in the history of man. So quit stalling and just tell me. Biff's voice was small as he admitted to his new hobby. I joined a book club. Dude, that's not even a big deal. Devin said, a little disappointed at how average his friend's new activity was. Really? Yeah, man, calm down. I'm actually glad to hear that. I've been trying to get you to read more for years. Yeah, but your books suck. Bite me, Devin replied almost instantly. How'd you find a book club anyway? So I was walking downtown to the bar. Of course you were. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to the bar when this guy came up to me. We started chatting and uh, he seemed pretty cool. This sounds like it's going to end with you in his bed, followed by a trip to your doctor. That's what I thought too, but it wasn't like that. We started drinking for a while, and it was a lot of fun. Eventually, he mentioned him and some friends were hanging out soon, and that I should come over. Let me tell the rest of the story, Devin interrupted. He said there'd be beer, and it was close to your house. Pretty much. He texted me the next day with the details. He's only a few blocks over. Good. That means you don't have an excuse not to go. They tell you what the book is? No. He said it was a classic, though. It have a name? He said part of the book club is that each book is a surprise until the night of. That's pretty cool, actually. Think I might like to join myself, Devin said, honestly interested. I'll let you know how the first night is. I'm supposed to go over there tomorrow. I wanted your opinion in case you thought this was a bad idea. There was a wilt of hope in his voice, like he wanted Devin to give him the out he couldn't make for himself. Devin didn't take the bait. Nah, you said you'd do it. So do it. If it sucks, just don't show up again. Ah, fine. I'll call you later. Bye. The two hung up almost in unison. The phone buzzed loudly on Devin's desk. He had expected the call and picked it up right away. Alright, man. I've been waiting for this all day. How was Mystery Science Book Club 3000? Devin had a wide grin on his face, but it quickly wilted at his friend's confusion. What? Ugh. Devin groaned. Never mind. Just tell me what your book club is like. Eh, 
It was alright. Bullshit, Devin swore into the phone. That's all you've got to say? A stranger randomly invites you to a mystery book club and all you can tell me is eh? I mean, yeah. It was kind of weird at the end, I guess, Biff admitted. That's what I want to hear. Give me all the juicy details before I come over there and beat them out of you. Alright, alright. He took a breath before starting. By the time I made it, the rest of the group was already there. There was the guy who invited me, Sig, and then the three other people, two guys and a girl. Was the girl cute? Not bad. She said she's a doctor, though, so she's way smarter than us. Hey, speak for yourself, man. Anyways, we did introductions, I had a few beers, then Sig got the book for us. Okay, seems pretty normal so far. Even you getting drunk in the first five minutes is par for the course. I didn't get drunk, Biff said defensively. I just had a few beers to loosen myself up. Ah, yes, exactly what every book club needs. A loose Biff chatting away, making an ass of himself. Fuck you, man. Devin ignored the insult. You were about to tell me about the book? Right. It was kind of weird, honestly. It didn't have a cover or description on the back. Just a super black, uh... What's it called? Binding, Devin answered. Yeah, that. I think I've heard of that before. Without anything on the outside of the book to give you an idea of what the story's about, you can't be swayed to think of it one way or the other. Kind of smart, really. Biff shook his head at his friend's superior tone. Whatever you say, man. Sig said I didn't have to do any reading last night, so I just sat back and listened for a while. Then they talked about what they read and that was it. What was the story about? Biff remained quiet. You didn't listen, did you? Devin asked, already sure of the answer. It was really boring, he said pleadingly. Dude, you're useless. Hey man, you weren't there. Devin rolled his eyes. Fair enough. Though if I was there... I would have probably paid at least a little more attention than you. So what happened after that? Nothing much. They asked how I liked everything, and I said it was okay. They said next time I'd get to do some reading, though. You think there's going to be a next time? Sure, I'll give it another shot. Everyone seemed really nice, and the beer was free. Alright, man. If you ever figure out what the book's called, let me know. I'll look it up. The two friends continued to chat for a little longer, before calling it a night. A few weeks passed by, and Devin was in the middle of a game of Overwatch when he got an invite to chat with Dandy Apples, Biff's online account. He accepted the invite and went back to his match. Hey man, Biff said into his headset's mic. Hey dude, what's up? Nothing with me, but I think something's wrong with Janine. Devin's attention faltered from his game. What do you mean? He kept his voice even, waiting until Biff explained what was going on before panicking. I'm not sure. She's just acting a little weird right now. Like, not totally herself? Think something happened at work? Maybe. I got a call from Tomas, and he said Janine was way more hostile than he's ever seen her. Who the fuck is Tomas? He's her boss. You didn't know that? Why the hell would I know who your wife's boss is? Besides that, why does he even have your number? We got on a few times for drinks. He's a cool guy. Biff's friendly nature always caught Devin off guard, as his own attitude tended to be much less welcoming. Of course he is, he said, dripping with sarcasm. So, Janine? Oh, yeah. So anyways, he said she was super short with everyone at work. Like, she wanted to be somewhere else so bad, she couldn't stand anyone around her. So has she snapped at you yet? That's the weird thing. I came in from work today ready for a fight, 
and she was super nice. I mean like, jumping in place happy to see me. She handed me a beer and pretty much did whatever I asked that night. Devin's eyebrow rose. Did you ask her for that? Of course, and it was great. She didn't even complain afterwards. A new sense of urgency caused Devin to let his game idle. Dude, something is clearly wrong here, and that isn't me trying to be funny. You should actually take her to the doctor next chance you get. You think so? Biff asked as concern started to rise up from within his stomach and into his voice. Why is it so weird that she's just happy to see me? Are you kidding me, man? I know you guys, and Janine loves you for sure, but she isn't the doting type. Maybe she's sick and doesn't want you to worry, so she's trying to double down on the niceness. Silence held on the other line for several moments. I hadn't thought of that. And no kidding, Devin said back sardonically. I think I'll take her to the urgent character book club. You're seriously going to go to that when your wife could be sick? She'll be fine, he said defensively. Besides, book club is really cool right now. The other members read all the boring stuff and let me read these sections that are in, like, another language. The words are super cool to say, and Janine loves hearing about it. I even taught her a few of the words. Do whatever you want, man. I'll talk to you later. Devin logged off quickly and tossed his controller onto his desk carelessly. The feeling of dread from their conversation had carried over and hung closely to him like a cloak. The more he thought about it, the more the feeling enveloped his body and mind. It squeezed tighter and tighter until it was all he could think about. Devin couldn't pinpoint exactly what was bothering him so much about the story, but something was definitely not right. Devin sat back on his couch while the news described the most recent world crisis. The newscaster told a story of a cruise ship that had disappeared on its way back from the Caribbean a few days ago. Search and rescue had finally found the ship early this morning, but they discovered that none of the crew or passengers were aboard. There were several signs of a struggle, but little to explain what had happened. Some talking head expert shouted about Somali pirates expanding their range, but the newscaster quickly poked holes in his argument. As someone else pointed out, a similar event had happened several years back. Devin leaned forward to see who was calling. A picture of a comically naked Biff adorned his screen. What's up, buddy? He said into the phone while he shut the TV off. Janine. The rest of Biff's sentence was lost as the primal part of Devin's brain took over. He was paralyzed as his instincts, the ones that only woke when a true life or death situation was in play, raged internally. He was trapped in the moment. His phone stuck to his ear like it was a part of his body. His hands shook slightly and he felt goosebumps travel down his arm. His body screamed to throw the phone against the wall and destroy it. But the rational part of his brain, the one that Devin believed should always be in control, resisted the impulse. Devin? Did you hear that? Another wave of force crashed against Devin's mind. But this one was more manageable than the last. He battled fiercely to regain control. Dozens of rational explanations sprouted up to explain away that moment of insanity. At last, he had enough control to speak, but the after-effects could be heard in his shallow breaths. Sorry, Biff, he said weakly. I got distracted by something. What did you say? I said Janine got arrested today. What? Devin shot up from his couch and stood in his living room. What happened? I don't know, man. It was crazy, though. Apparently, she went at her boss with a pair of scissors and ripped half his face off. Devin's mouth hung open while Biff spoke. 
When the police got there, she was trying to get to a bunch of co-workers, but thankfully they were locked up in a closet. The cops got control of her and took her down to the station. They want me down there to collect her and ask me a few questions. That's insane, Devin said aloud, more to himself than Biff. Yeah, I know, man. I'm about to head over there, but can I ask you to do something for me? Sure, whatever you need. Can you look up Yozen Ret of the One Thought? The fuck is that? I think it's the name of the book I'm reading in my book club. The other members were talking about it when I walked in yesterday. Sure, I'll take a look, but does that really matter right now? Not really, but I know I'll probably need something to take my mind off what's going on. I figured knowing the ending of that book might help or something. Anyways, I've got to call Janine's parents. I'll talk to you later. The phone clicked off. Devin looked at his phone's screen as he tried to process their conversation. Too many things were happening at once, and the lack of control did not sit well with him. He decided to grab hold of the one thing he could, and wrote down the book's title. As he stared at the name in his ugly scrawl, Devin could have sworn that it started to warp on the notepad. The blue lines on the page looked like they were being slowly devoured by the name. He shook his head and dispelled the thought. It's just stress, he thought to himself. Devin turned to his computer and began his research with a fervor he had not experienced before. For the first time in almost three months, Devin made the call to Biff. He sat surrounded by poorly written notes, open books, and printed web pages. His kitchen table looked like a college freshman's first cram session. He hadn't bothered to go into work since he started his research. Devin doubted he even had a job anymore. Not that it really mattered. As the phone rang, Devin turned his head toward the muted TV. The captions read that an Indian village had turned cannibal practically overnight. Just about everyone was either dead or partially eaten. The survivors could be seen, still chomping away as the military rolled in to handle the situation. The anchors were shaken at the news they had to report. It could be seen in their pale faces, and the way their eyes would stare forward blankly. Devin knew what was going on, though. It all made sense once he started to read the signs, instead of just watch them fly by. Biff looked at the caller ID and saw his friend's name. He held the phone between his head and shoulder as he cracked open another beer. It had been a long few days, and without Janine to stop him, he didn't bother to wait long for a refreshing beer. Hey Devin, he said, followed by a loud sip. You stupid son of a bitch. This is all your fault. Everything that's happened, and will happen, is on you. Devin's voice was devoid of any emotion, like there was nothing left within him to give the words life. What are you talking about? Biff asked. All of it. I, I know you don't watch the news at all, but almost every country is having some crisis. People eating each other, kids sacrificing their parents, spouses murdering their bosses. Biff held his breath for a tick before letting it out. <sighs> not cool, man. No, it's not. I, look, I looked up that name, by the way. It's an outsider. An otherworldly god. Biff was annoyed now. He knew that Devin liked to fool him into believing his ridiculous stories, but this was too much. Knock it off, Devin. This isn't funny and I'm not falling for your bullshit. Oh, don't worry. This is very real. And, and I can prove it. Papers shuffled in the background as Devin grabbed the notes he needed. Yozen Rett 
is the god of a pagan cult that formed before Christ was hanging from the cross. Devin began as he read from his notes. His voice conveyed the dark message as if it were a drink menu. A meteor crashed near some village in Scotland, but it wasn't a meteor. It was a part of him. The folks there created a whole religion around him, and with rituals and chants. <laughs> Filled an entire book with the stuff, even made a crest. Devin started to speak quickly now, trying to get everything out as fast as he could. The cult ends up losing favor though. The people stop practicing and find other religions, except the diehards never lose faith. They carry the tradition on from generation to generation, looking for the last component they need to bring their god to our dimension. Devin stopped to take a breath. What does this have to do with me? Biff said, capitalizing on the momentary silence. The thing they needed was his chosen one. I found out that a single family was destined to birth him, or her. However, they disappeared one night and never returned. Centuries passed, but the believers never gave up hope in finding them. Turns out, you're him. Bullshit, Biff said immediately. I'm calling it. You're 100% lying to me. I'm not listening to any more of this. Devin ignored Biff's complaints. That family crest of yours you're always talking about? The one you've got hanging in your living room? Take a look. Devin snapped a picture from one of his books and sent it to Biff. It was of an old shield found several miles south of the cult's origin. Biff walked up to his family's coat of arms and compared it to the one that Devin sent. The two had barely any similarities. Even the colors were wrong. At last, Biff noticed that the general placement of all the designs formed a similar outline. Okay, he said slowly as the gears in his head started to turn. That doesn't prove anything. Sure it does. Once the Chosen starts accepting his role, the world starts to, to bend around him. Like your wife. Pretty crazy how she goes practically insane when you're not around, but as soon as you show up she's as sweet as a puppy dog and twice as willing to please. Then how come you're still an asshole? Shouldn't you be bowing to me or something? Devin's voice was quiet as he spoke. I do feel the urge. Why do you think I know all this stuff? You told me to look into it, so I did. I, I haven't slept in days, Biff. Biff didn't know what to say. Devin had always had a stubborn streak, and rarely let anyone roll over him. But he sounded so defeated now. Biff felt a dry heave coming up quickly as his heart began to beat faster. Is there a way to stop this? He asked, no longer concerned about whether his friend was lying or not. Can we, can we get everything back to normal? No, man, Devin said in his empty tone. We're done. Your book club set you up, tricked you into accepting your role and summoning Yozan Rett. The closer he gets, the worse off the world is going to be. There's nothing left for us but to wait and die. Without another word, Devin placed the phone on the table and walked away. Devin, you there? Talk to me, man! There's got to be something we can do! Biff could hear the sound of glass being dragged along as Devin grabbed a bottle of whiskey and shuffled over to his couch. Biff didn't know what to do. He thought Devin would have had the answer, but he had given up. Biff's mind raced until finally a thought emerged. He grabbed his keys and rushed out the door, gunning for what he planned to be the book club's final meeting. 
It had been several hours since their conversation, and Devin had done nothing but sit on his couch and polish off the last of the whiskey. He sat alone in the dark living room, the lights off and the curtains drawn, to show a miscolored sky. He listened to the world as it broke, and he felt him draw near. Devin's phone rang from the kitchen where he had left it earlier. He briefly considered answering it, but there was nothing left to say. They were doomed. Simple as that. He lamented his friend's fate. Devin neglected to tell Biff that Yozanret's Chosen was destined to suffer more than anyone else. He would be plucked from the earth and made to watch its destruction. And from within Yozanret's grasp, Biff would experience every person's death across the entirety of time. The emotional pain would scorch his soul like the touch from an exploding star. His body would suffer the billions of deaths, each one as unique and painful as the first. Even with the universe extinguished and all life annihilated, he would exist along with Yozanret, forced to suffer agonies Devon's mind could not fathom. Devon raised the last of his whiskey. This one's for you, buddy. Tales of the Void is a collection of stories written and performed by Jake McFlitty. Music and production by Robert Labadee. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Until next time. Thank you.